0: With him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of God the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. What I want us to do today... As we, as we've already said, we've got the great joy of baptising um, these three people as they celebrate new life. But what I want us to do, just in this uh, brief time that we have now, is I want us to look at what what is it we're doing here today? What what is it that's actually going on as we talk about baptism? What are we talking about now? Because when when people talk about turning over a new leaf, what they're talking about is making a fresh start is starting something new you know the, the picture is of turning over a new page of a book right I'm gonna, a new fresh page yet to be written without blot or blemish or mess i'm going to do something new we think right from now on this is what my life is going to look like i'm not going to do this anymore or every morning from now on i'm going to get up and i'm going to do this i'm going to work in exercise as part of my day this time, I won't mess up. We're eight months into 2019 now. Can you believe it? Now, at the beginning of the year, many of us will have made promises like that to ourselves in the form of New Year's resolutions. And I wonder how many of you... How, how are you doing <laughs> on those? I found this quote in, um, online in Forbes magazine. It says this, you know, the statistics... On how many people actually follow through and accomplish their New Year's resolutions are grim. Studies have shown that less than 25% of people actually stay committed to their resolutions even for 30 days. And less than 8% accomplish them. You know, in the UK alone, we spend hundreds of thousands of pounds on gym memberships, on sports equipment on exercise, bikes that just sit in the corner, hundreds and thousands of pounds on this stuff that is never used. Every year. Every year that happens. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But it happens year after year after year, people making these grand promises to themselves, I am going to do something different this time. This time I'm going to work harder. This time I'm going to be better. But every year... So just a fraction of the people who make that promise to themselves manage to keep it. Most have failed within a month. Now, I'm not saying this to discourage anybody who might have made some grand promises to themselves. Uh, or I, just, I really just want to show you in a small way that we can often struggle even to make the smallest changes in our lives. Waking up earlier. Doing a bit more Exercising exercising, eating healthier. You know, we, we struggle even to do that. And I want to show you something of what baptism isn't. So these guys today, they're not saying, right, I'm going to get baptized from now on. I'm going to be a better person. They're not saying, I'm turning over a new leaf. Because what they've recognized as they get baptized is that there is something needed more than just minor self-improvements it's not about small self-improvement but instead there is a real need for a radical transformation and no matter how much these guys try they cannot bring it about in themselves and that's true of all of us all of us are in that position Something more than just, I'm going to do better this time, is needed. The Bible tells us that all who sin are slaves to sin. You see, we've all sinned, we've all messed up, we've all made mistakes, we've all messed up that page, the Bible tells us, now that's not just because you've done something wrong, the Bible tells us, no, there's there's something wrong with you. That makes that happen every single time. You're a slave to your own sinful, messed up nature. And so you're bound to sin. And what this means is that the problem that face of us, faces each of us isn't just one mess to overcome. Or a new page to turn over. Or a new chapter or a new book even. No, the, the problem runs right the way through us in our entirety. Because there's something wrong, not just with the page or the book even, but there's something wrong with the author. With us. And if this is true, it doesn't matter how many pages. As I say, it doesn't matter how many pages you turn, you are always going to make every single one of them messy. I don't know about you, but I just quickly feel like I'm running out of pages to turn. I'm running out of new things to turn over. Where's the next leaf? (laughs) I think I've turned them all. We cannot save ourselves. A, a slave cannot wake up one morning and say, right, today, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm not going to be a slave. You know, the, his slavery is outside of his control. His, it's not willpower. He cannot will himself into being free. He can't do that for himself. And in the same way, we can't will ourselves into being not messy. You know, his, his status is his out of his control, and the, that contract of slavery he is in lasts a lifetime, and there's nothing he can do about it. We cannot save ourselves. We need someone who has never sinned, who is not a slave, to come and redeem us and to save us. That's offensive, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure if I're if given enough time, I'd, I'd do better. No. The Bible makes it very clear. You could have all the time in the world. In fact, we've been playing this game for a long time as humans, just messing up again and again and again. The Bible says, no, that is, that's not the answer. You need something else. You need something that's going to come in and save you. Not just a new page, not just a new book, but a complete transformation of who we are. And this is where Jesus comes in. So Jesus, as he's... Is he's teaching in his lifetime, he has, there's one moment where in the night, a religious leader comes to him, a guy called Nicodemus. And he's seen, he's heard Jesus teach, and he's seen some of the miracles that Jesus has done in healing people. It's amazing to hear that, the, the, how many people was it? Healed, like 200 and something people healed at New Day. Incredible. Jesus is, is living this, and he's doing this, and he's healing people. And this religious leader comes to him in, in the night and says... there's obviously something special going on here with these healings and this teaching, but what's all this about? And Jesus answers him very, very, in a a way that is quite clear. This is is how Jesus understands his life, his ministry. He says, you know, if you're going to see the kingdom of God, it's amazing that you've seen some miracles. It's amazing that you've heard this teaching, but if you're going to see the kingdom of God, if you're going to see life to its fullness, you need to be born again. Something needs to happen to you. And this throws Nicodemus a bit. He says, how can, how can that happen? I'm a grown man. How on earth do you expect me to be born again? I, I am what I am. And Jesus says, no, you need to be born by the Spirit and by water. And you will inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. And as I said, we've all sinned. We've all made a mess of our lives. And the outcome of that is distance from God and death. Because we're not in the kingdom of life. You, know, you see this. It's what God says to Adam in the garden. "Look, If you, if you disobey me, you're going to die. If you walk away from me, the life giver, you will die. If you don't live in my kingdom, that's what happens, because outside of here is death. And Jesus comes and he says, he carries on, as he's talking to this guy, Nicodemus, He says, "God loved the world." So all and He gave his son, that's why I'm here. that's why Jesus is here. I'm here because I'm being given to the world." that all who believe don't perish don't die but enter into that kingdom and have eternal life it's John 3.16 a favorite verse of many people anyone who believes doesn't perish but has eternal life and that's what Jesus says I'm here for I'm here to give myself to you and as we see Jesus' ministry unfold we see that's exactly what happens taken crucified, dies on a cross, buried in the tomb, raises again, victory over death, victory over sin. If you're in me, if you believe in me, you don't have to go through that because you already have. That's what Jesus says. It's victory over death, victory over sin. That Those messy cycles that we're caught up in, broken on the cross, Jesus died the death that we all deserved. And as we've read here, don't you know, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Paul puts it elsewhere. We have been, I've been crucified with Him. That old man, that old self that just was caught in that sinful cycle, that messy, those messy ways... Dead. He's dead. The Bible tells us that, that because we've died with Christ, if we believe in Him, we've died with Him, that slavery is over. The contract is fulfilled. The Bible tells us that as Christians we are dead to sin. We've got nothing to do with it anymore. It's not part of who we are. we're alive in Christ. You know, the slavery's over, the sinful self is dead. And it doesn't finish there. It goes on. We were buried with Him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we've been united with Him, in a death like His, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. In other words, when we talk about baptism, and we're saying that in baptism, what has happened to Jesus has happened and will happen to me. And, so, and I want us to feel the full effect of this. If you're a Christian, you have passed through death. And into life. Death, death isn't something scary in the distance that's looming over you anymore. No, you've, you've done that. Been there, done it. And this other thing that calls itself death, we've sung about it, you know, it's had its sting removed. Oh, death, where is your sting? I've done you. I've died, actually. <laughs> and I'm in life. I'm in eternal life. There's so many Christians. we This is a bit of a side. So many Christians, we kind of, we, we get... <laughs> the eternal implications of this. Okay, I believe in Jesus and so I'm going to heaven. I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus. I've been forgiven of the consequence of sin. But the gospel goes further than that. The gospel says, yes, you've been forgiven. But you're also free. You're not just saved from the consequence of sin, death. You're not just saved from that. You are saved from... It's rain in your life. You're saved from those cycles that, you're, that you were previously caught in. You are free. Totally free. Paul says in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live in the flesh. And I, I, the if I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You're living, if you're a Christian, you're living a new life. Living a new life. And this is why in the New Testament, whenever there's a, a command to do with how you ought to live, how to keep yourself pure and holy, it doesn't come with a finger wag. You should know better. Come on, buck up. No, it doesn't come that way. When, in the New Testament, on the other side of Jesus, on, on the back of what Jesus has done for us, when these commands come, they come saying, live free in the freedom that you've been given. Live. Enjoy the freedom and the, the purity that you've been given. Don't, don't be a slave who's been set free only to, well, I you know, wake up the next morning, I'm a free man, I'm going to go to my old master and see what he wants me to do. no. Paul says, Galatians 5.1, it's for freedom that you have been set free. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. You're free. Totally free. Those messy addictions, those things that have caught themselves in your heart, you realize you're free from those things if you're a Christian. You've been born into a new life. that's what we're talking about when we talk about baptism it's easy to to look at this thing that we're going to do and to think small thoughts about it as though it were simply some religious tradition something that we've picked up and we just carry on doing we're not really sure why I want us to think big things as we baptize people today not this is you know, I mean, sometimes you, the idea of baptism that kind of goes is, is something that, you know, it's nice, but it's not necessary. <laughs> Jesus says, no, you need to be born by the Spirit and by water. And this water, you know, there's, there's nothing special in it. You know, Peter says, um, and we'll come to this in a minute, Peter says, uh, you know, baptism, which symbolizes this, that the actually, let's go there now. Next, if we just go to the next slide, um, Peter says, you know, baptism, which corresponds to this, so he's talking about being in Jesus, being in his suffering, being in his death, and, and coming through that into new life, now saves you. Baptism saves you, and then he, and he quickly gets to this just in case you think there's anything special going on with water. No, it's, it's not a removal of dirt. It's got nothing to do with the water. That's not what saves you. No, it's, 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 a, it's about appealing or some, some translations uh, you change that to responding to what God has done. It's, it's about what God has done. And it's about appealing to that and saying, God, I want that new life that, you, that you've given me. I want to live in that new life. That's what these guys are going to be doing. They're going to be saying, I want, what God has given and so it's you know Peter says you know it corresponds to this there's a symbolism going on here as they go down into the water they are dying they're being buried with Christ and then as they're raised again they're raised into new life there's something special going on here now as I say there's nothing special about the water Jesus says, You need to be born by the Spirit. There needs to be something supernatural happening in you to open up your eyes, to see the new life that is available so you can enter into the fullness of life and the kingdom that I've given you. You know, because without that, this just becomes a weird paddling pool experience. No, but God says, You know, in baptism, you are buried with Christ, the old one is dead. The new person lives. And so this isn't about tradition. It's not about religion. It's not about water. It's not even particularly about these guys who are getting baptized, actually. We're celebrating with them. The wonderful thing that God has done in their lives. But but it, it all points to Jesus. So what's meant to happen as we watch this unfold, this dramatization of the gospel, is we watch and we see Jesus has given you life. Jesus has given you life. And so we're going to be celebrating with them, and we're going to be celebrating the gospel and that newness of life that we're in. I love how this passage finishes here. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for good conscience. Conscience through the resurrection of Christ. I'm appealing to what Jesus has done. Who has gone into heaven? Here he is. Where is Jesus now? He is in heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. Complete victory. So as we come to God, as we've been singing, as we come to baptism, we're coming knowing that Jesus has gone through all this. He's died, he's been raised, and now he sits in victory. Death has no hold on him. It says, and just as we read that first passage, Paul says, "If you've been baptized, if you've if you've believed and been baptized, if you've taken on this, you now live in that new life, not just as a better person, but as a new creation, and seated with him in heavenly places." The Bible tells us, "That's incredible. That's incredible. And that's what we're celebrating. We're not just celebrating a breaking of a habit." We're not just celebrating oh somebody's joined the church but we're celebrating what that means and what's behind that which is this person was dead. This person was a slave and now they're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And I just want to say maybe you've never understood baptism before. Or maybe you've heard this message before and you've 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 just not got it it's just not clicked i just want to say as you watch what we do here with this pool of water would you see what's going on behind it would you open your eyes to what jesus has done and just i just i pray father would you open the eyes of people here to see the newness of life that you offer. As just as we finish, I'm just going to pray. Actually, you know what? I don't... I, yeah, as I say, baptism points not to ourselves but to Jesus and his great and final victory over sin and death. And so, actually, Martin Luther, he's a reformer, German monk from 500 years ago, he says this... There is on earth no comfort greater than baptism. And he points back to his baptism again and again. You know, we sing a song, you know, When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, Upward I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on Him and pardon me. And then as we sang again today, you know, O trampled death, where is your sting? As we point to baptism, just as Martin Luther did, we say, we we kind of hold those things with great joy and comfort. I am not a slave anymore. I'm alive. And I'm seated with Him. So let's just pray. Lord, Lord, as we, yeah, in a moment as we hear these guys tell their story of how this great story of your victory over death, of your free, freeing people from captivity has become part of their story. Lord, I pray that we would, we would see the greatness of what you've done again. And as we watch these guys dramatize, play out the gospel in front of us in baptism, I pray that our eyes would be open to see the the greatness of that act, the power behind it, what's been done on the cross. Lord, I pray, Father, today that that we would feel afresh that fullness of life that You've given. Lord, if there are people today who, who have never known it, Lord, I pray that You'd open their eyes to see it. And for us Christians who who sometimes don't walk in the fullness of that new life, I pray would you open our eyes again to see that we are not slaves. We are not bound to sin. But we've been freed, as I said, not just from the consequence of sin, but from its reign in our lives. I pray as as we bless these guys, as we celebrate with these guys, as we celebrate the Gospel, that these guys would be full of your Spirit full of your new life and that you would encourage them and empower them for all that's ahead. Amen. 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 Those who get baptized would love to just come forward and uh, we're going to hear your stories. Why don't the rest of us as they're doing that, why don't we just stand together just for a moment and uh and